Hey, Shelby Christian. Thank you all for your continued support. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here at ALC. Thank you so much, Shelby Christian, for walking with us and supporting us. Hi, Shelby Christian Church. I just wanted to thank you guys for everything you do for us. Muchas, muchas gracias. Hey, Shelby Christian. I just want to say thank you for the support that you've given to us, especially in a year like 2020. Because of you, we've been able to continue to serve the communities um, that we've been able to do pregnancy tests, we've been able to do ultrasounds, material assistance. We have just been able to continue to love on the people in the community. In fact, I'll tell you about a mom that I just met a couple weeks ago. She walked through our doors. She was so determined to have an abortion because she was so afraid of what the future looked like. And then we were able to do an ultrasound and show her that baby, her sweet baby's beating heart. And it just changed everything for her. And so I just want to tell you thank you because we are able to do these things and we are able to walk alongside these moms because of the support that you guys have shown to us. So thank you for all that you do to support ALC in this ministry. Good morning, church. All right. We're, we're awake this morning. Man, we're glad you guys are here. That's another one of our ministry partners. ALC here in town and Diana Cahill and her team are doing such an awesome job and what we do with them and be able to support them financially all happens because of our together initiative and our together offering that's coming up Christmas Eve. Uh, as we told you last week, the red envelopes are already in all the black boxes in the little thing on the side. So you can pick one up uh, or you can give online. And it's a daunting task. We spend uh, right at a quarter of a million dollars every year on missions, benevolence, and outreach through our, through our offering and through our giving. And so the Together Initiative has allowed us to front load that. And you guys just don't understand how much that really helps the mission team when they plan to know on the front end of the year. Okay, we've got this much now. We don't have to count on every penny coming in during the year because we front-loaded it at Christmas time. And that's just another example uh, of what God is able to do through what uh, we give and the way that we share in our Together initiative. So keep that in mind. Keep reading about Keep praying about that. Uh, and enjoy what God's doing at ALC and around the world. Let me give you three, real, three or four real quick things here. Buckle your seatbelts. I'm just going to bullet them to you real quick. There's a bunch of stuff this week starting today. At 2 o'clock this afternoon, uh, there's the kind of abbreviated version of Yuletide and Yarn. For those of you who like to do craft things, uh, there's, I think, three different crafts uh, that can be made. We'll do social distancing, all that stuff. 2 to 4 today out in Common Grounds. You don't need to sign up. doesn't cost anything. Uh, just show up and enjoy some time together uh, if you're into the craft thing. Tuesday night is our monthly mops meeting at 6 o'clock uh, here at the church. Thursday night, we're going to do just a church caroling night. We were trying to figure out what could we do in the midst of COVID that we could kind of spread out, social, but do something Christmassy. And we started thinking that caroling was the perfect option. Uh, so we're going to start meeting up here. You can come anytime, like 5.30 or later. We'll meet right around 6, weather permitting, right out on the patio out there. We'll maybe sing a song or two <clears throat> together as a group here. And then we'll spread out and we'll go with places. And we'll have a list of places to go, some individuals in our church, uh, some of the nursing homes. Uh, and do it for an hour and a half or so and be done. So just be a fun Christmas uh, event, Christmas thing uh, that we can do. Also, today, at the end of this service... 
uh, and then at the end of second service, uh, they will begin selling the tickets, the, the first round of tickets for Fresh Grounded Faith, March 5th and 6th, the women's event with Jennifer Rothschild. Uh, we get discounted rate tickets. Uh, Evan and Kim will be back at the sign-up table right after this service. Uh, guys, if you don't have all the Christmas shopping done, just saying, it might be a good stop for you to present that ticket to your special lady uh, as a Christmas gift. And then the last thing is next Sunday. Uh, can you believe this? Next Sunday is actually kind of Christmas Sunday. Seems weird because it's the 20th and it's 5, but it's the Sunday before Christmas. So we've got some special stuff planned for Christmas Sunday uh, next week and then for our Christmas Eve services. And up here on, on the stage and then all around on all the tables on the lobby, there are a bunch of these little invite cards. Would you make a point to stop today and pick up three or four, five, ten, whatever, and just over the next week or so pass these out? It's got all the times of the service on it. And then on the back of it, there's a little QR code uh, that people can scan and see a video, just a prima, uh, promo video about our church and find out about what's going on. Uh, on the hill. So we're glad you guys are here today. Uh, we're just continuing to worship and get in the Christmas spirit. Uh, Kevin's got an awesome, awesome message uh, for you today. And so I want to invite you guys to stand, greet each other virtually from afar, do distant high fives and virtual hugs and all that stuff. And uh, let's worship together this morning.
done in the past, but what he's doing right now. Sing this together.
A lot of people would say that 2020, we need a breakthrough. Something needs to change. Something needs to be different. 2021 has to be better. I've been thinking a lot this week about those things. And I was reminded this week that, you know, we had all kinds of, and we still do, all kinds of racial junk going on in our world this year. And some people would say, well, if that had been better, things wouldn't be like they are. And I was reminded that there's all kinds of racial junk going on in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there was the, the, the constant battle between the Israelites and the Egyptians or whoever it might have been. In the New Testament, it was the Jews and the Samaritans. And I was thinking, you know, that uh, if political things hadn't been like they were, it'd been a better year. And I was reminded that there's all kinds of political messes in the Bible. The battle between the Jews and the Roman authority and the, the conflicts and the differences there. Oh, yeah, that's pandemic. This horrible plague that we've gone through this year. If we hadn't had that, 2020 would have been better. And yet there's been pandemics, plagues, not often, but throughout history. If you, if you don't believe that, ask a guy named Pharaoh uh, about plagues and what they will do. I remember as a kid hearing this phrase. Some of you have used it before. If its and buts were candy and nuts, we'd have Christmas all year round. You know, if, if. But here's what I started thinking this week, and Kim provoked that thought in me. What if Jesus had never come? If that's the if, no, we not only wouldn't have Christmas year-round, we wouldn't have Christmas. What if Jesus had never chosen to leave the throne room of heaven and come this morning as we take time to be a little bit quiet I just want to encourage you to ponder that question in your life where where would your life be right now if Jesus had never come and I'm going to pray and Dave will continue to play and um if you haven't already gotten your communion, you can come to one of the stations, pick up your emblems, drop in your offering if you haven't already done that. And then ponder, where would I be if Jesus had never come? God, thank you for loving us enough to have a plan, to have a plan that overcomes our failures and our mistakes so thankful that Jesus came. And so today as we partake of bread and juice, may we be reminded of the sacrifice. The sacrifice that brought salvation because he chose to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
seated. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for life in you. In the midst of everything going on, you are a hundred percent constant in your greatness, in your power, in your sovereignty, in your plan, in everything, God, you are constant. Your faithfulness is perfect. And because of that, we can be in here worshiping this morning or online, worshiping all over the county and the state and the country and the world. And there are hundreds of thousands of churches who are turning to you right now to ask for your hand to guide them, to ask for your protection, to ask for uh, you to do something with your spirit in the life of people around them. And so, God, we ask the same thing. We ask that in your faithfulness, you would turn those in our family, in our neighborhoods, towards you. And that they would come to understand the saving grace of Christ. That your mercy and promises stand with us each day. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. You guys seem a little subdued. Did you see what happened up here? I was walking up when I thought the song ended. And did you get see the hand that Ethan gave me? Like he knew I was going to do it. I mean, he didn't even, he's, oh, he's not still, he like did this because he knew that I don't know music well enough to, and I just started walking up and then he goes, back it up, buddy. And then, and then he looked at me the second time to let me know it was okay to come up here on stage because I, I just don't know. I, I thought it was over and it wasn't. He surprised me. But uh, this is my favorite time of year. Uh, how many could say that? Like they love the Christmas season, the decorations, the the shopping, the gifts, the trees. The I mean, you just get into it. And, and 2020 has been a little bit hard for that, hasn't it? I mean, we've had our relationships subdued and distanced. We've had our... our um, uh, our gatherings minimized and, and things have been a little rough, wouldn't you say? Probably one of the roughest years of my 40 some odd years. But it's my favorite time of year. I love, I love the cold weather. I know not everybody likes that, but a big guy like myself, I like it. It's great. I think it's fantastic. My poor little wife, she's always like, oh, I hate the cold. I hate the cold. And I'm like, oh, 
Finally, I can put a t-shirt on. Uh, so, I, I mean, I love the Christmas lights, all the sparkling lights, and I love them for the right reason because every little light I see, and I tell people this all the time, every little light I see reminds me that the light has come into the world. Every gift that is given or received reminds me that God has given the greatest gift to all mankind for any century, any decade, through any problem, Jesus. I love the Christmas gifts. And I thought, you know what? It's the 13th. Some of you guys aren't shopped out yet. You don't have your stuff ready. Your gifts aren't all there. I would help you with a little bit of a guide. And so I have, first of all, a what not to do. And I really thought about this uh, in light of being on staff with Dennis Dove. Um, but he, not the best gift giver. You know, he looks for that sale, that deal. And so uh, I thought I would, uh, I'd, uh, three really, really bad Christmas gifts. And, and so the first one you'll see is uh, a bad idea anytime. If you get this for your wife, it's a dish scrubber. And I know that it's fancy that it has that scratch-resistant padding and the, and the soap dispenser, and it looks nice, but it's not a Christmas gift. Even if it's on sale, Dennis, it's not a Christmas gift. It's never a Christmas gift. You don't want to give any kind of cleaning elements to your spouse as a Christmas gift. The second gift is a really, really bad idea. And it's not a grandson or a, a brother. It's, it's the Christmas sweater. Now, I love ugly Christmas sweaters as much as the next guy. I really do. But uh, this one is pretty terrible, and uh, you don't want to get that as a Christmas gift. Do you remember, though, when you were kids, how many, when you were opening up Christmas presents, you would get a, uh, like, clothing items? How many got, like, like, socks, underwear, sweaters, those kinds of things? And, you know, today, like, with our kids, we don't do that very often. Who still gets their kids' clothes for Christmas? Anybody? Nobody, right? Oh, just a few. That, that apparently, according to my kids, that's a mistake. Clothes are an everyday need, not a gift. But um, anyway, so this third one uh, come rings close to my heart. Uh, go ahead and show that. The third one is a, a Weight Watchers gift card. <laughs> Nothing says that you're really thinking about somebody like getting them a Weight Watchers gift card. I mean, it's just it, it's a bad idea. It sends a message. Clearly, sends a message, right? So don't get them a Weight Watchers. Now, I'm not saying Weight Watchers gift cards are bad. I'm just saying for Christmas, bad idea. Maybe New Year's. Maybe New Year's would be. Okay, so I, I thought, well, I don't want to leave you there hanging just what's bad to buy. So I'm going to give you a few gifts that you could uh, maybe give your Some really, really great Christmas gifts. And this first one has my name written all over it. No, literally. It has my name written on it. That's why I picked it. Uh, a, a package, and this is obviously for a, a, this isn't like the main gift you give your child, or any child for that matter, but there's little gherkins in there. That's a fancy pickle. At least that's what I grew up thinking. There's sausages. I mean, that's a nice little complimentary gift, a, a, a thing of fancy sausages, and, a, and a, it looks like there come a cutting board there with my name on it. So uh, you could get that for somebody and just tell them, hey, it's the guy that preached the Sunday that I thought of this. And uh, so Kevin's grill master. Uh, anyway, so the, the second gift, I'm not sure this is for everybody. I understand, but it is a very hot item. Yeah, Michael just thought it was pretty cool. And uh, what is that, Michael? Do you know what that is? That's the new Xbox that come out. Yeah, so if you have like $600 to waste, 
Um, this gift will make a lot of guys happy. And maybe girls, I don't know. I don't know very many girls that play video games, but this is a hot item. And so just a recommendation. And if you're like last minute shopping for me, I wouldn't mind that. It's 4K. It's pretty sweet. This last one. Now this is a gift. Now obviously I'm thinking, what, what, and I know I'm looking back here because I want to describe this thing. First of all, there's like three different mower platforms on this thing. You got the two sides, the one under the middle, but look at the very top. Do you see what's on the top of that thing? That's air conditioned. That is the beast of mowers right there that you could get somebody that you love. And if they, if your husband woke up to that on Christmas morn, right, he would be somewhat excited. I mean, it could be snowing out and he's going to start that bad boy up and take it outside, right? That's a fantastic Christmas gift. You know, as I was preparing for this message and thinking about 2020, I thought, you know what? We could all use a really great gift this Christmas. I mean, it's been difficult. Like I said, probably one of the most difficult years that I've had to experience. And everybody's feeling some of that. There's been chaos, madness, if you will. And that chaos and those news stories, the chaos in our cities, the chaos with our people... And stress, there's been this disease, trying to figure out what that means and who's saying what and what are we doing, mass, no mass, distance, no distance, vaccine, no vaccine, all of it back and forth, back and forth. It just wears us in the middle out, doesn't it? There's been uncertainty. I've lost five people this year that I care about. There's been sadness, hopelessness. These have been some of the words that have defined this past year. And I think in uh, 2020 Christmas, we could use something really substantial to give us good news. And so the sermon this morning is something that I've had to begin to remind myself over and over and over again over this six to eight months. And there's a question that comes with what I'm reminding myself, the most important question ever. And it's truly the question everything in the world hinges on. And it's a question that was posed by Lee Strobel in his book, Case for Christ and Case for Christmas. And this is the question. Who was in the manger on that first Christmas morning? That's an important question. Was it just the baby or was it really the son of God? Who was in the manger on the first Christmas? Now, I'm not saying December 25th. I already know. I've been doing the studies. Now, Christmas, likely Jesus' birth happened in April or May, okay? And they, they figured that out because the shepherds were working at night, and that's when the ewes had their babies. I know, I know all that stuff, but the, then in like 400 A.D., uh, this emperor decided we were going to celebrate the birth of Christ on the 25th, which, which was a pagan holiday, in order to have influence on them for Christ. So I like it. I'm good with that. But who was in the manger 
on that first Christmas morning? What what difference did it make? Is it was it really the Son of God? What was in the manger? What, was it truly this Jesus, a gift from God? And if it is true that the Jesus was in that manger, then it's the greatest gift of all time. It's Savior, Jesus, Redeemer, Lamb of God, the, the peace, the rest, the blessing, the hope for not just then, but now, today, forever. And we could look for some really great gifts to buy people, but those fade, those rust, those burn up, those turn into dust and disappear. But what was this on in the manger on Christmas morning? And is he truly the greatest gift of all time? And are you receiving that gift daily? So we're going to look into the scripture as we talk about the spirit of Christmas. And the spirit of Christmas, I think today in, in 2020 is so important because it might be the thing that gets somebody through 2020. The spirit of Christmas and what the Holy Spirit did at, on Christmas morn is remarkable. Actually, nine months before. But anyway, uh, let's look at the scripture. And I want to apologize if the font on this is, it looks pretty on my computer. It doesn't look as good now. So turn in your Bibles. If you've got a Bible, I recommend getting one today. Luke chapter 1. Verse 26. says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I want to pause there for just a second. Keep the scripture up on the screen. Uh, this greeting from Gabriel is most unusual. In fact, this is the only time someone is regarded as highly favored. So it's kind of a special greeting. In fact, Mary recognized that in the next verse. But this angel shows up in this little podunk town that for centuries nobody even believed existed. A lot of people would rebut the Christmas story based on this Nazareth town that never existed until archaeology discovered this town just less than 100 years ago. Pretty remarkable, right? So verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asked a very important question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Now we're going to pause there for just a second because I think this is an important like uh, crossroad to this story is this idea of uh, what the angel said and declared to Mary. Did it really mean that she would be without a husband? She would not uh, conceive like we conceive biologically today, uh, that this would be a miracle that God implants a baby into her and she would be a virgin giving birth to a child. 
And is it important? In fact, we've had people out there in the mainstream of Christianity who have said it wouldn't matter if she was a virgin or not. And I really disagree. I disagree with that wholly. And these are the three reasons I think that the virgin birth is vital. And some of you maybe have wrestled with that. I mean, you think about it, Time or Newsweek or uh, National Geographic or the History Someone will come out with the true story about Jesus and they'll deny the virgin birth, that she was not a virgin. And the three reasons that I wrote down, and there's plenty more, but these three are very important. I think the first thing is that the Bible says it happened that way. I think that's important because if the Bible says over and over, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary, and then we say, well, maybe not. That causes a problem. That undermines the authority of God's word, the truth and infallibility of God's word. And I think that's a first step in conquering someone's faith is to undermine God's word. So I think it's important, vital even to us, that we believe that this virgin birth happened as God said it happened. The second, the Bible states Jesus would be holy because the pregnancy was made holy. And we're going to look at that verse in just a second. But the pregnancy would be holy and made holy. And the infant would be holy because it was made by the Holy Spirit. And I think the third reason lines up right with that one. It demonstrates that Jesus was truly human and truly divine. He was able to experience the trials and temptations that we experience, but he also was divine and able to sacrifice his life to pay for our sin. So I think those are three really important reasons. And believing in the virgin birth shouldn't be that hard for a Christ follower. And maybe you've struggled with that. Maybe you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. And it shouldn't be that. If you believe that God was able to in the dust and make us, if you believe that God was able to divide the Red Sea so that people could walk through it, if you believe that God was able to allow a woman who was well in her years a couple times in the Bible become pregnant in like her 80s, if you believe in those things, if you believe in bones that become armies, if you believe in resurrections, if you believe in the healing of people with fatal diseases, if you believe that God could speak over a girl who was known to be asleep and she raises up just like that, if you believe in those things, why do we struggle, or some of us struggle, with the idea that there was a virgin birth, that the Holy Spirit was able to make Mary pregnant? Verse 35, it says this, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, just so we understand, Mary likely, they scholars feel, is 15 years old. If you're 15, 16, 17 right now, think about this for just a second. Angel of God coming to you. You're betrothed to a man named Joseph. That means you're engaged, basically, but more formal and a bigger contract. And and so it's it's a legal contract at that point. You're technically like what we would have as a marriage license at that point. You're betrothed. And, and in other words, and the angel comes and says, you're going to be pregnant. God's going to do it. And you're uh, g- good luck. Um, it's going to be the son of God. Uh, that, that would be pretty... Uh, earth-shaking for uh, any 15-year-old girls that I know, right? It would be very difficult. 
But what he says in this verse 35 is important and key to this whole sermon and this whole truth. And this phrase, so the Holy One. You see, Jesus was set apart. That word holy means that he was set apart to be born, will be called the Son of God. That answers the question of who was in the manger. The most important question maybe we could answer is who was in the manger. It was the Son of God. And the angel continues in verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. That in and of itself is a miracle, right? Verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Put that on a post-it note in your card. No word from God will ever fail. And God had said over and over, I am going to send my son, a savior, into the world. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel, what a mature Response to this angel. I mean, that's just amazing. I am your servant. I am the Lord's servant. Leith Anderson, who's written many books and was a pastor, uh, said that conception is unlikely for a woman past menopause and impossible for a teenage virgin. You see, God does the impossible really, really well, doesn't he? God does those things that we think aren't probable, that all the scholars and scientists have a hard time believing. God creates, God uh, explodes life onto this planet. God does things that seem impossible, but when he does them, they're completely possible because we have finite minds. You can take the smartest person in this world. The Bible says that it's foolishness to God. Okay, it doesn't matter. They, they don't understand fully what God is capable of doing. And the Holy Spirit is the presence of God that has been sent down here to make Mary pregnant, to change everything. The Holy Spirit has a, a infinite power, um, omni, omniscience, omnipotent. Listen to Genesis 1. Verses 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you say, well, yeah, Kevin, that's God. That's God. He's, yeah, he's creator of the earth. Uh, verse 2. Now the earth was formless, and maybe you missed this, and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The very Spirit of God was part of the creation story, part of forming the earth. The power of God comes in His presence of His Spirit, and that's that same Spirit that hovered over Mary so that the Holy Divine Savior would be born. And we love that story. We, and everybody in here could be like, Amen, that's it. Yes, I agree with that. But what was this thing that God has done What to send Jesus in the form of a baby, humbly in a manger? I mean, there's no kings. There's no trumpets of armies. And, and in the unlikeliest, unlikeliest of circumstances, God gave the greatest gift to all the world in this baby Jesus. 
But it doesn't stop there. This holy one, this divine image bearer of God himself comes to earth. People say, well, I wish I knew what God was like. I I mean, I wish I could understand him more. Well, study the life of Jesus because that was God in the flesh. That's exactly God's character. And so Jesus was born through the Holy Spirit. And Christ came. And we could stop there and say, well, yes, he had the Holy Spirit and he did the healings and he walked on water and he did all these incredible things. And that's pretty fantastic, but it doesn't stop there. You see, I think one of the most important things we can learn in 2020 that we could take into our souls today, that if we wonder anything, if we're struggling with anything, we need to be reminded of this, that through the Holy Spirit, Christ came and gives us the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? The greatest gift of all time is that the Son came through the Holy Spirit and because He walked with the Holy Spirit and He did miracles in the Holy Spirit and when He died on the cross, He resurrected with the Holy Spirit and then in Acts, it tells us that the Holy Spirit, which Jesus had said He was going to do at the end of John, came and was residing in you. The very power of the resurrection, it says, resides in you. Through the Holy Spirit, Christ came and gives us the Holy Spirit. Titus 3 puts it this way in verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, Jesus, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his faith, by, I'm sorry, by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. You don't need a big screen for Christmas or an Xbox or a PS5. You have the Holy Spirit gifted to you through Jesus paying for your sins, resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, and putting that Holy Spirit in us. It's the greatest gift. Whatever tragedy we face, whatever funeral we attend, whatever stresses we have to cope with, and whoever is leading our country, whatever it is, God's got you because of the Holy Spirit. It's the greatest gift in all the world. It brings the most confidence. It brings the most joy to understand that God's very presence resides in you. And that God did this before you even thought of him. You see, here's a clear and important statement. You might want to write this down or or record it or something. Before you even thought of moving towards God, God was already moving Towards you. Those verses that Jason taught in Isaiah last week were some seven, eight hundred years before the birth of Christ, some twenty eight hundred years before you were here today. And through the Holy Spirit, Christ came and gives us the Holy Spirit. And Titus tells us that through that Holy Spirit, we are redeemed, we are saved. We, in fact, and what it says clearly is in verse 7, that we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. 
Eternal life. If you ever wanted a gift for Christmas, it shouldn't be a 75-inch high-definition 4K TV on your wall. It should be eternal life. You want that first, right? Especially because we don't know what life means. It's crazy, right? But we know this, that through the hope of the Savior who we receive by the Holy Spirit, we have eternal life. And God has been moving towards us before we ever move towards him. Ezekiel 36, 27, put it this way. He was talking to his prophet and he said to him, and and this was a prophecy that wasn't going to happen until Jesus paid for our sins. You understand that? That we had to be paid for by Jesus and his blood so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. And he says, and I will put my spirit in you in verse 27 of Ezekiel, hundreds of years before Jesus came and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws to make you pure, to make you righteous, to remind you not to lie, cheat, steal, lust, all those things we struggle with. You see, the greatest gift of all time that came on Christmas morn is that Jesus came through the Holy Spirit for us to receive the Holy Spirit. That's your gift, and it brings what? Eternal life. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that better than whatever somebody could put on the under a tree? So how do we respond to that? What's our response to this gift of God's that maybe some of you have struggled to remember because of how terrible it's been? What do we do? And I think for some of us that haven't done this yet, we repent. Now, if you're a baptized believer, you practice repentance all the time. You get yourself in a mess and you turn away from it, turn towards God and say, oh, God, I messed up. I made a mistake and we repent. But for some of you, you've yet to turn to God and away from your sin. And the first thing you need to do is repent. And the second thing is to be baptized for the forgiveness of sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2.38. You need to be baptized. You need to turn to God away from your sin. And you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the sermon from Peter in Acts. And this third thing I think you need to do. And this this is really basic. I got that picture back up there of the lawnmower. Guys... If you got up on Christmas morning and your wife said, I got something special for you. And she opened up the garage door or the outside door and this was parked out there. Wouldn't you be like going crazy? Now, I'm going to ask the show. And maybe you're not a mechanical guy. Maybe you don't care about lawnmower. But if this was in your yard uh, or out front or in your garage, um, how many guys would get like, even if you had like a small yard, like that would cut your yard in like 30 seconds, you'd be done. Um, I mean, if you got that, you would, you would probably like look at the information on it. You'd be like, honey, how much did this cost? Right. But eventually you'd get out there and you'd put some gas in it, wouldn't you? You'd put some gas in it. Uh, sometime on Christmas morn, you would have gas in that dude, and you would be getting oil in it, and you'd be learning how to turn it on and how to run it and making sure you don't run over any kids or any of the lawn decorations, and you would get out there and drive. You would probably take your children, if you have children that are small, inside that cab with you and ride them up and down the street if you got this on Christmas morning. You'd probably tell your neighbors. Everybody in the neighborhood would know exactly what you got on Christmas morning. You might even read the manual. 
See, it's third thing that I think we need to do in response to God's gift of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in us, is I think we need to fuel our faith. We need to read the manual, which is his Bible, the Bible, the word. We need to gas it up. We need to pray. And this sounds like stuff that you've heard all your life, but maybe you've never really put it in a habit to do. You read the manual, gas it up, and then maintain it. How do you maintain? Well, just like that out there, you go out and you change oil and you adjust things and you change out filters and you uh, change out belts and tires. You maintain it, right? Um, I think for us, that's worship. I mean, if you're online and you've been worshiping online, are you really focused in on Sunday morning during this worship time? Or are you washing dishes and running vacuum? I caught you. You just put all that stuff down, I know. Um, Are you really worshiping with your family and your church body? And if you're separated because of health reasons, and I understand that, are you worshiping? Are you truly engaging in a time of prayer as we worship as a church body? And I think for those of you that are stuck at home, and there are people online right now that are stuck at home because of health concerns, I think you got to get on that phone or on that FaceTime or on that Zoom and have some fellowship with other believers because you need that. I think you need to maintain a presence with the body of Christ, which is his church, right? And so uh, we maintain it. We read the manual of the Bible. We gas it up with prayer. We maintain it with worship in the church body. And the fourth thing I think is so important, go tell people. Tell everyone about what you got. I mean, if you got that mower for Christmas, everybody in the neighborhood would know. Do you feel the same about the gift that you received of the Holy Spirit in eternal life? Do you feel the same about that, that, that through the Holy Spirit, Christ came and gives us the Holy Spirit? Are you, are you excited about that? What do we do in this world of chaos in the midst of receiving such a wonderful gift? What do we do with all the stuff that is going on around us? We, we endure we stand. We live, we, we live in a way as if we have a hope because we do. Through the Holy Spirit, Christ came and gives us the Holy Spirit. And that is the greatest gift of all. Would you pray with me? God, it's easy to get distracted and forget been wrestling for this with this for weeks months struggling getting sad frustrated depressed trying to figure out what will mend these feelings I have what will give me hope what will heal our land and I've been looking for things that just aren't going to do it And in the middle of all that, in a manger some 2,000 years ago, you gave us that gift. The very thing that will change our hearts, change our attitudes, change our condition and our, uh, of hope or hopelessness. You gave the greatest gift of all time. And through that gift, we now receive your spirit in us. We receive the resurrection. We receive eternal life through you. That's so fantastic. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
we're going to have um, a time of invitation. And maybe you've struggled. Maybe you've never heard this before in your life. Maybe this is your first time hearing that Christ came so that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he did it through the Holy Spirit. Uh, we want to invite you to come forward as we have this song. We to invite you to make a decision for Christ. And we can put you in that water right now and, uh, and let you get baptized so that you can receive the gift that means everything. Uh, won't you come forward this morning? Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You never fail Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in so much for being here worshiping with us here in person or online. We're glad you're part of our church. Uh, I want to remind you a couple things. Maybe you're new this week. We've got a wall out there called the I'm New Wall. It's the big red wall right as you walk out these doors back here. If you're new, we got a gift for you. We'd love for you to visit that. Brett would like to meet you and some of his volunteers and uh, just tell you a little bit more about our church or if you have any questions, that's a great place to go. Uh, over here is the next step room and that's where we can make that next step. Whatever, uh, maybe it's to get in a life group or join a ministry or anything like that. You can come to the next step room. We can help you to get to that next step in your faith. Uh, last but not least, these black boxes everywhere uh, are your offering boxes, part of your worship. And we ask for those that are members and believers that you worship God that way uh, because he calls us to. Well, thank you for being here. Have a blessed and amazing Christmas. I hope today you received and understood the greatest gift ever, and that's Christ in his spirit. Thank you. You're dismissed. <laughs>